living translation. And it reads as such in your hearing. For we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son Jesus would be the first born among many brethren and sisters. Having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. That's justification. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. That's it. That's it. That's it. Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, um, give increase the power, increase the anointing, saturate this place with your presence, move me out the way, and allow there to be a manifestation of your glory even as your word go forth, Lord speak, Lord speak that we may see Christ more clearly, that we may understand you more fully. Lord, speak. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I don't know how God does it, but I know he does it. He has the ability to weave are good and are bad together, that you can see him more clearly. Looking back at Romans chapter 8, verse 28, he makes a statement here. In this statement, what he says, it does not say, do not misunderstand what it says. It does not say that everything in your life will be good. It does not say that everything that happens to you will be good. But God says the end result of everything. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. The end result, when he put his hands in it, what I'm trying to say is that in the equation of your life, you cannot forget that God is part of the equation. And when God is part of the equation of your life, what that means is God even gets in the midst of the stuff that hurts you and somehow works good out of it. I don't think y'all hear me. Somebody ought to be saying glory. Listen, God is saying that no matter how bad your nowness is, that later on when he gets through working everything out, you're still going to be praising him because you're going to see the handprint of God in your life. I'm not saying I understand that. But I am saying that God is working everything out according to his will, his purpose, his design. One of the problems I think we have is we want things to go our way. Oh, y'all didn't hear it. We, we want our will to be done. But the, thought, the, the problem is, is that we don't even understand what God is up to. Look what he says. He says, for he worked together for all things to those that love God and who are called according to his, huh? His purpose. Not our purpose, which lets me know, lets you know that God is up to something. <laughs> that lets us know that God is perfectly in control, even when it doesn't seem like it. I 
told you before last week, I said that the world is travailing, and you saw some travailing when that superstorm hit. It wasn't judgment on those people. It's that judgment is already set up in the earth because the earth is under bondage. And the closer we get to Jesus coming, the more trouble we're going to see in the weather. It may hit on the west. It may hit in the east. It may hit in the North Pole. Every continent is going to be affected by what's going to hit. And believe it or not, you might as get ready because Cincinnati is not exempt by what's going to hit. The thing is, is, it did not just hit the unjust, it hit the just. Even God's people got caught up in it. But if you're saved, guess what? God's going to take care of you anyhow. It's not what happens to us, it's who got us while it's happening. Somehow we got to get beyond the fact that it's about what happens to us. The truth of the matter is, can you hold on to your faith in spite of what happens to you? Now, y'all ain't talking back to me. Can you hold on to your faith in spite of what life throws? Is your God bigger than your trouble? Is God bigger? Somehow, you and I got to see God bigger than whatever is going on in our lives. And even when we don't like what's going on, they can't stand what's going on, we got to be able to say, but I trust you, God, that I know I'm in your hands, and you promised me that you would never leave me not. Look what it says. Look what it says. It says, it says, number one, who love God and who is called according to his purpose for them. You know why I, I, I stop at them? Because he's not saying collectively, he's saying individually. He's saying, I have called you individually, and my purpose and destiny for you is just for you. It's not predicated on anybody else. Let, let, me, let, me, let me help you out with this thought. Can't nobody stop you at arriving at your destination but you. Uh, let me say that again. Can't nobody stop you arriving at your appointed destination but you. Hold on, hold on. I'm not saying in that quote, I'm not saying in that statement that folks won't try. I'm not saying that everything won't happen to try to stop you from getting where you're supposed to be. Matter of fact, allow me to qualify it. I guarantee you the devil going to do everything he can to make you give up, stop halfway from getting where you're supposed to be. Matter of fact, I guarantee you, folks who's in your own house, on siblings. Listen, don't everybody agree with what God has for you? Don't everybody like you being what God is calling you? Don't everybody want to see you praise God? Don't everybody like to change some folks you left behind and they want you smoking and drinking with them? Do you think they're going to help you become a Folks on the job don't want you praising God. They don't understand why you got a smile on your face every morning. My, my God, why, why do you think that this world is for you when the Bible has already said it's against you? But I still say in spite of all that, in spite of being in a fallen world with fallen people, with a devil that is fallen, can nobody stop you from reaching your destination but you. And y'all, y'all, y'all not with me this morning. Listen, 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 listen. The secret is, is this, that in spite of what happened, you got to make up your mind. You still moving forward. 
You got to press your way through and believe that God has a purpose just for you. You got to believe that God has given you everything you need to press through whatever. I'm not saying you won't cry. I'm saying you're going to cry. I'm saying you're going to hurt. I'm saying you're going to go through some things. But if you make up your mind to press through, I'm telling you, God will give you everything you need. To Maybe I'm talking to some folks who haven't been through nothing yet. Maybe I'm talking to some folks that, that haven't had to press through. But I'm talking to some folks that you know you didn't think you was going to be able to make it. But you decided you were going to trust God anyhow. The next thing you knew, God brought you through. You still don't know how he did it. All you know is that he did it. This is a promise, y'all. This is showing what God is up to in our lives in spite of what it looks like right now. We're called to something. There, you ought you ought to see yourself in the future, walking in something that you ain't walking in yet. You ought to see yourself closer to Jesus. You ought to see yourself more full of the word. You ought to see yourself having a don't care attitude about who, who don't want you to praise God, but you have made up your mind you are going to praise him. He started this thing. Since he started this thing, isn't he going to finish this thing? Somehow, somehow you and I got to get ourselves where we have brought ourselves up under the mighty will of God and we have surrendered. Where that piece of paper? What he does is he gives us a piece of paper and say, and sign it. The problem is... You don't know what you sign into. <laughs> and many of us is asking him, well, Lord, if you, if you tell me what I'm signing to, surely I will sign it. And the Lord is saying, if you sign it, I will begin to show you what you're signing to. And someone would say, but Lord, I need to know what I'm signing to. And the Lord would say, what you're signing to is me. Isn't that enough? It doesn't matter what I asked you to do as long as I asked you to do it. Isn't that enough? That is really the predicament that every one of us is at. God is asking us to agree to something before we go through. So when we go through it, God said, you agree to it. Somebody said, that's difficult. No, that's faith. That's what faith is about. That we trust in him. Not what happens. Not what's going on. But him. Verse 29. For we know, for God knew his people. In the you know, sometimes I think God made a mistake and called me to preach. When I look back over all the stuff, when God called me, my first question is me? You know what I have done? You know, that's a stupid question. He's God. But I couldn't get over the fact he called me. Don't look at me with that tone of attitude because the truth of the matter is he called you. He may not have called you to preach, but he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called you as his child. I mean, he called you in spite of what you have ever done and in spite of what you will ever do. Somebody need to shout because when you look back over your life, you wouldn't have called you. I wouldn't have called me. But God looked past our faults and saw our needs. He knew his people in advance, still chose you, still called you, still picked you out, still gave you favor, still blessed you. It says, the deal to become a king. What is God up to in your life? To bring out of you what he put 
in you. Well, what did he put in you? He put in you himself through the Holy Spirit. So if you are a child of God, there ought to be something about you that looks like Jesus. You may not be completely formed yet, but there ought to be something in you that looks like Jesus. Uh, even if it's just a little bit, at least you got a little bit that is showing. But you can't tell me that you know Jesus and I can't see Jesus in you sometimes. You can't tell me that you're going to act like a devil all the time and you got Jesus. There, 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 there's something wrong there. You, you can't tell me that every once in a while Jesus shows up. But, but the thing is, is that the more we walk with Jesus, the more Jesus ought to show up in our life. My, 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 my God, do you know what he has done for you? Second, first Peter 2, 9 says, he called us out of darkness, out of the power of Satan, into his marvelous light. Second Quentin 5, 17 says, you are a new creature, a new creation. There's never been nothing like a Christian. What he did with the old stuff was put it away, and everything, everything in you had become new. Your old man is there, but now it got to contend with your new man. And what he's saying is that your new man is like Jesus. The problem is, if you don't have the new man, then you can't be like Jesus. One of the biggest things that we have to learn is you can't do it. I can't do it. I can't muster up enough of me to be like Jesus. It has to be Jesus in me being himself. And what I'm doing is trying to get out of the way so Jesus can show up. You know what? We, we would be a lot better if we just went and sat down someplace. Hold on, hold on. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the physical you. I'm talking about the old you. That you that you don't like you. That you that nobody else likes either. That you that got a bad attitude. That you that talked about everybody. That, well, let's listen to Isaiah 55. Listen to Isaiah 55. Watch the, 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 the contrast. He says, my ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your way. That means that as we got to quit trying to figure out what God is up to because we can't figure it out anyway. It means that a lot of times we're just going to have to trust him that he knows what he's up to. That means I got to keep my hand out of staring up the pot. Because every time you and I put our hands in God's business, we mess it up. That means that sometimes we got to fly this plane without knowing where we're going. That means that we can't be in control all the time. Matter of fact, he's teaching us we shouldn't be in control none of the time. Why? Because what his plan is, what his way is, is beyond what we think or even comprehend. We got to trust God for the end result even though at the present moment we don't understand what he's doing. I mean, we walk by faith and not by... I mean, my ears need to be open. 
I need to have enough word in me. You need enough, have enough word in you that you can discern what God is doing. I mean, your spirit needs to be sensitive so that when God in a split moment tells you to turn to the right or to the left, you will turn. First, what he said, as far as the heavens are higher than the earth. Well, my thing is, he's not talking about the sky. He's talking about his throne. So how far is the throne of God from earth? We can't measure that, and we don't have a clue. But God literally said that my thoughts and my ways is that much higher than yours. He said, what I see is far beyond what you see. This is where we get into trouble. I want, you want, from this point forward, that we won't have no trouble in life. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, bro, don't go quote that, that yet. <laughs> Listen, what we want is, is peaches and cream. We want that pie in the sky type of religion. No more financial problems. No more sickness. All my troubles just get... I hate to tell you this. Not going to happen on this side of heaven. (laughs) Sounds good, don't it? But what God is trying to do is this. Can he trust you with what he has for you in the future? Can he use you to manage the glory, his glory, that he's going to bring through you? And the more he is able to use you, the more he has to crush you in order to trust you with what is his. The greatest thing God could ever give you, he has already given you, which is himself. And in order to use you, he has to greatly crush you so that he can trust you with what he has given you. Until he can trust you, he can't lift you. Because if he lift you too soon, you will get in the way of you. And you will stop God's purpose for you. Your biggest enemy is not the devil. Your biggest enemy is not your enemy. Your biggest enemy is yourself. And God is crushing me and crushing you so that we come to the place that we don't rely on self. Because the moment self gets in the picture, our head gets big and can't get through the door no more. Here Joseph is in in, in Genesis 41. He is on the other side of trouble. He is empowered, a second in, in control to Pharaoh. He is now married. He is now have gone through. And he's naming his children. And when they named their children back there, their children had a purpose for their name. The firstborn was, is, is Manasseh. Manasseh says that God has made me forget. Listen, in order to be able, and and when I say forget here, what he is saying is, I don't remember it no more, but what he's saying is, it's not the first thing on my mind. What he's saying is, it doesn't bother me anymore. What he's saying is, I have let go of it. I'm not in denial. I know what my brothers did to me. I know what I've been through. But when I think about it, I don't get angry no more. In order to forget on that level, you have to first forgive. When you haven't forgiven, then that which has happened to you still have control over you. At that 
person walks into the room and steal your peace, then they still got control over you. I mean, you don't have to become their best friend, but you don't have to be thinking about them all the time because they're not thinking about you all the time. If it stops you from moving forward, your problem isn't what happened to you. Your problem is you haven't forgiven what happened to you. But once you forgive, I tell you what God would do. He would literally take the very thing that hindered you. And that thing would become something that God will use to bless you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If you don't believe me, let's go to the next verse. His second son is Ephraim. And notice what he says. God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. You know what he's saying? In the very spot where I got hurt the most, in the very spot that Satan thought he had me. In the very area that I was ashamed of. In that same area, God has raised up fruit. And now that I have given it to God, in the very area that I wouldn't tell nobody, I don't mind sharing with anybody because God brought me through that. And if God brought me through that, I know he'll bring you through that. Oh, let me, let me see if I can make it more clear. I don't want somebody trying to help me who haven't been through nothing. Let me see your scars. Let me see what you done come through. Let me see the needle tracks in your arm. Let me see that you don't overcame. Let me hear your story. Because if your story can trump my story and God brought you through, then I know that the same God that brought you out of what you've been through. Oh, I don't think y'all hear me. I don't think... God will take you back where you came from. Not that you get involved in what you've been through, but God will take you to somebody who been, who is where you was. And you can tell them, let me show you how you can overcome what you're going through. His question is, what can you tell me? Let me tell you my story because you think you messed up. Let me tell you how messed up I was. Notice what I said. Not that I am still messed up. I was messed up. But God my Savior, God my Keeper, God my Maker, God my Deliverer brought me through. And if he brought me through, he can bring you through. So let me walk you through your mess. Because I've been here. I've done this. I made it over. And the same God that did me will do you. Is there anybody in the house got a story to tell? Is there anybody in the house you don't look like what you've been through? Oh. Oh. You know. They come in here, don't look like us, don't smell like us. But the truth of the matter is, when you first stumbled in here, you, don't, you didn't look as good as you look now either. You didn't smell as good as you smell either. You wasn't doing as good as you're doing either. But God been good to you. But God been good to you. God has lifted you. God has delivered you. God has brought you. God been breaking you. God been fixing you. God been if he did it for you, won't he do it for somebody else? Listen. Listen. The very area that you thought was dead, God will speak life into it. Don't be ashamed of your past. Help somebody with your past. Let them know you haven't been a praiser all your life. 
let them know you haven't been where you're at now. But God, but God, but God, but God. And if they hang in there, they will have a but God experience too. He was able to say, hey, I thank God for my affliction. Because out of my affliction has come blessing. In the very place of my affliction, I now see Christ. I now see Christ. Let's go on. Romans 8, 29. For God knew his people in advance, chose them to become like his. God is trying to make you like Jesus. Let me say this, and I'm going to say it. Just take it the way I say it. At any cost, he's trying to make us look like Jesus. God's agenda, God's purpose for you and I is to make us look like Jesus. <laughs> Listen. You might as well just go along with this program. <laughs> you, you might as well say yes, Lord. <laughs> Listen, I'd rather be in trouble with Jesus. <laughs> I, I'd rather have trouble with his favor and his blessing. Listen, let me just be honest with you. Trouble going to come your way anyway. Ain't nothing you can do about it. You might as well suck it up. Plant your feet. Start giving Jesus the praise anyhow. Say, I ain't going nowhere. I'm staying right here. Lord, since I got to go through, I'd rather go through with you. Somebody said, man, why your sermon so depressing? This ain't depressing. I'm just telling, I'm just telling you the truth about it. And I'm telling you how to get there in the best way possible. Folks look at you, don't think you've been through nothing. And if you told your story, they wouldn't believe your story. But the peace and the joy of the Lord will keep you when everything else will fail you. They don't know. You almost lost your mind last night. But while you were asleep, God put it back together. See, some of y'all think y'all sang. Y'all ain't sang. Y'all just don't know no better. Matter of fact, you lost your mind and God fixed it before you woke up. Huh. Romans 8.30, Romans 8.30, Romans 8.30. Listen, having chosen them, say I'm chosen. Having called them. Listen, before we came to him, he called us. The Holy Spirit was working to call you. In the Greek, in John 6, verse 62, 63, the word is draw. The word is draw. It is it a word that, that inspires or talk about being invoked, provoked, almost pushed. One person said, well, that word in ancient Greek is used to draw water out of a well. 
Well, how do you get water out of the well? Do you say, come here, water? No. <laughs> you, you, you read something down there. You capture it and you draw it up. Aren't you glad God stepped into where you was at and captured you? And even when you reject the first time, he kept on calling you. How many of us ran from the calling of God, but he didn't give up on you. He kept on calling you until he captured you. Now you're glad that he caught you. Is there anyone glad that God caught you? That's what he said. Then after he caught you, he put you in right standings with himself. Listen, it's not even based on you. It's based that God fixed it, put you in where he already fixed without your help. Yeah, I didn't catch that. He fixed the relation with himself. He fixed it on Calvary. Come here, Canellas. Thank you. When you was out of position, out of the blessing, out of the covering, he came and got you, made you come up under his blessing without you doing anything. He put you where he was blessing. Y'all don't got that. I don't think I got that. You know why? Y'all should have shouted when I said that. Listen, because he moved you in position, now you're up under the favor and blessing of God and it's forgiven because he put you up under the blood. Now notice, you didn't come to him. He came and got you. He pulled you from where you was at, pulled you, placed you where he wanted you to be. And hold on, then he don't leave you alone. Then he works on you to get you to look more like Jesus in spite of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me hurry, let me hurry. Let's just say, hold on. Having given them right standing, then hold on. Then he gave you glory. What's glory? Glory can only be referred to God. He gave you something that he wants you to give it back to him. He gave you something that nobody else could give you. And he asked you when you get ready to give it back as an offering to him. Listen, it's not even yours, it's his. Then he gives you the ability to give it back to him as a sacrifice of worship to him. Yeah, you're right. He blesses you to be a blessing, and that blessing becomes an offering back to him. Because if he don't give it to you, you can't bring it to him. So everything we have, he has given it. And he has set us up to be able to bring it to him as an offering. I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. Let's end this. Luke 7, verse 7. There is a story of Jesus being asked to attend a dinner. It is the only story. I won't say that. It's one of the few stories that is recorded in all four Gospels. Luke 7, verse 37 through 50. The story is the woman of the alabaster box. Many scholars don't know whether she's Mary Magdalene, whether she's Mary, the, the, 
the, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. I'd rather see another Mary. I think that it purposely don't let us know and gives us just a first name. But what the story tells us is this. Whatever or whoever she was, she was a sinner. An alabaster box in that day was given as a dowry to your, from your parents to the young lady so that when she gets married, she will bust the box and bless him. Or it could have been given to her from her person who engaged her, but something happened to him and the marriage never took place. But whatever it is, you have to break the box in order to get the ointment out. You cannot keep it whole. Once you break the box, the box can no longer be used again, but it's not the box that is important. It's what's in the box that's important. And the only way you can get it out is if you break the box. She heard that Jesus was coming. And even though she wasn't invited, she pressed her way through. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Sometimes you can't wait to be invited. <laughs> Sometimes you, you can't wait to be accepted by the crowd. Sometimes you got to make up your mind you're going to get yours regardless of what anybody else does. Sometimes it's a, it may be a Sunday where your favorite people's not here, but guess what? You didn't come from there anyway. You came to see Jesus. Come on, sir. Huh. She knew she was going to be talked about. She knew she was going to be criticized. Matter of fact, she knew she didn't have the right clothes on. Hold on. But Jesus, did you know that wherever Jesus is is where you really want to be? Jesus was going to be there. So she interrupted. She broke into the party. While they was doing something, she came in and didn't even say, excuse me. She came in and she was already worshiping when she came. You know what that tells me? That before you come through the door, you ought to be already worshiping. Don't wait till the choir fills you up. Don't, don't wait until you put on your robe. Don't wait until everything is hot. You better come in the door worshiping. Do you know who's in the house? Jesus in the house. And you need to come in worshiping. Listen, you can't worry about what other folks think about you. You can't worry if you sit next to somebody who don't like you. They didn't like Jesus. So what? Oh, my God, my God, my God. Don't let nobody hinder your praise. Let me say that again. Don't let nobody hinder your praise. She came with what she had. Come with what you have. Don't worry about what anybody else has. God has given you something to come with. She breaks the box and she began to worship him by cleaning his dirty feet with his hair. You know what's amazing to me? The owner of the house name was Simon who was a Pharisee, and one of the Gospels said he was a leopard. And he's sitting next to the one who can heal him, and he missed his blessing. (laughs) Jesus, shh, don't tell everybody. Jesus is in the house. 
Come on, come on, come on. Yes, sir. Let me, let me whisper. Jesus. It's in the house. Yeah, come on. You don't want to wake up sleeping people. Jesus is in the house. Are you ready for your blessing? Oh, yeah, I didn't hear, man. I told you, don't wake up sleeping people. Don't wake up sleeping people. Hold on. Nudge the one next to you if they're not sleeping. Jesus is in the house. Sit on the edge of your seat because Jesus is in the house. Tell them your healing is in the house. Tell them your deliverance is in the house. Tell them your forgiveness is in the house. Tell them your salvation is in the house. Tell them that Jesus is in the house. Are you going to get what he has for you? Every Sunday, he's in the house. And we leave up out of here without getting what we desperately need because we are sleeping on Jesus in the house. We think we're just coming together. But the Bible says that when we come together, Jesus is in the house. The question is, are we in the house with Jesus? She walked away with more than she gave away. She walked away with more than she gave away. (laughs) Yeah, she can't get the perfume no more. Well, why would you want that perfume when you got Jesus as your perfume? (laughs) It ought to smell like Jesus up in here. Yeah, I would tell you to smell the person next to you, but don't. (laughs) They may not smell like Jesus. (laughs) But they're all to be, they're all to be a, 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 a fragrance of Jesus. When we get together, there'll be some Jesus smiles. That'll be some Jesus hallelujahs. That'll be some Jesus hugs. There ought to be because if he's in us and he's in the house, you can't tell me that he don't set the atmosphere. You can't tell me he won't shift the atmosphere to make it what it's supposed to be. You can't tell me that you ought to leave out of here the same way you came in. If Jesus is in the house, You may come in with your head down, but you ought to go up with your head up. You ought to come in better, better than when you came in. Why? Because you ought to walk out with Jesus. She came to give something and to get something. And because she was willing to give, she got. She got forgiven, and she was made whole. Listen, and Simon sat there and criticized her worship, and he stayed a leopard. He sat there watching her receive and he missed out on what could have been his. Jesus spoke peace to her, wholeness to her, forgiveness to her. And he was at the table, came to his affair. 
and Simon didn't get anything. It would be a shame. It would be a shame for you to leave up out of here and don't get what you came for. It would be a shame to not be blessed because you're not recognizing that Jesus is in the house. It would be a shame for us to miss out on what God has in store for us. It's a difference between looking horizontal at folks and things and changing your position and begin to look up to the hills when we've cometh your help. Somebody ought to say, my help. My help. Don't know about your help. But my help. Don't know about your help. But I know about my help. My help. Cometh. From the Lord. Do your help come from the Lord? Do your help come from the Lord? Then give God some praise in the heart. He's calling you from where you're at to where you need to be. But he's calling you to move by faith and allow him to come in. You've been waiting on God to move, but God's been waiting on you to move. And when you move, you will see him move. Today, you do not have to stay where you at. You can allow the Lord to do something in your life that will change your life for the rest of your life. And it doesn't matter what happened in the past. What matters is what you're going to do from this point forward. Get out of your own way and let God bless you. Today, I got preachers that will pray with you. I got preachers that will show you how to receive, how